0: Even before the uh, recent wave of uh, inflation, which has hit the Sifre, and Tefillin, Mezuzah market um, as well, uh, prices of Sifre, Tehra, Tefillin, mezuzas, Megillus were not cheap uh, beforehand. That's because they entail a significant investment of um, time and expertise in order to produce them. However, in an effort to streamline their production in order to uh, cu- cut some of the costs and make it more available for everyone to be able to have access to fulfilling the mitzvah of Siva Sefer Torah and to have their own Megillah um, on Purim, there have been efforts made to cut um, the costs. Um, and there was one suggestion that was made about um, 20 years ago at this point, um, in the early 2000s, to use a process known as silk screening in order to, again, facilitate and expedite the process of creating Sifre Terra and Megillus uh, primarily. Uh, Tefillin and mezuzah is not as much, and we'll get to why uh, in a minute, but it was primarily focused on Sifre Terra and Megillus in order to proliferate there and expedite their their production. What is the method known as silk screening? So it, it, it operates basically with a cloth stencil, which is laid over a piece of cloth. Ink is then poured from right to left, over, or placed on the right side of the uh, stencil, and is then, with a squeegee, is pushed over the cloth uh, stencil, the ink seeps through the you know, the letters which were carved out of the stencil, and creates uh, the urea of a sefer Torah, the urea of a Megillah that's um, written. Uh, Perfectly. So that's the uh, method of. It's not written. It's just. It's it's with a stencil. So you take the ink, you push it over the stencil, you push it down over and down, and it uh, goes onto the cloth and forms perfect letters. Is what I meant. It's you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's written. um, It appears as if it was written um, perfectly. This suggestion was made by a noted, um, uh, a known halachic personality who is also known to be somewhat controversial, and he was the one who was advocating this, uh, this uh, system of using silk screening, again, in order to uh, make Sifritur and McGill accessible to a wider population. When the suggestion went public, um, it received uh, a harsh uh, reaction, and I would say, at the time, Reb uh, Rosner, uh, Reb Abad Yosef, Reb Yashiv. Uh, all were extremely opposed to this uh, silk screening procedure in the production of Sifre Terran Um But the discussion c- touched on many, or c- clarified actually, many important issues. And, and those, those issues are, are, are mm-hmm. timely, of course, to, to the, to the young know, Perm, which we, we find ourselves in, when everyone is going to be using McGill, something to think about as we're using our Megillus, perhaps. Uh, but it also happens to touch on something that was in last week's parasha. But the conversation begins with the Gemara Masekla's Gittin, that tells us ideally, um, this is true with regards to GET, it's true with regards to XUBA as well. The witnesses who are going to sign the XUBA or the GET should be familiar with the document or at least be able to read it themselves. If they are unable to read the document or not familiar with the document, then it has to be read for them. But again, that's not ideal. The ideal would be to have witnesses who are either familiar with the document or can read the document. But even if we read it before them, they also have to be able to sign their name. And ideally, it would be to have witnesses who who know how to sign their name. You might have illiterate witnesses, right? Who don't know how to read documents might not have been educated to know what the document says, um, and also might not be able to sign their name. How would they sign checks? You don't in halacha. You don't actually have to sign your name with the letters of your name. You could actually make a picture. The Gemara talks about tifinam and One would draw a fish. One would draw you know a boat. You could draw whatever you want. Um, and that could serve in the place any kind of symbol that's unique to you to serve as your signature. But I, I, so I don't know what the individuals that the Gemara is discussing, you know, how they would get through life. Had, had they negotiate and manage and navigate other um, 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 experiences of life? But either way, they present themselves as it comes time to sign a get, and they don't know what the get says, and they're unable to sign their name. So we can read before them the get. What do we do when it comes to signing their names? So ideally, we shouldn't choose them as witnesses. We should have witnesses who know how to read and who can sign. Um, but if you have witnesses who don't know how to sign, so the Gemara tells us what we can do uh, in order to enable them to be able to sign. So one of the suggestions the Gemara makes in Misak is over here Tesemavayz is that you can lahem that you can tear the paper in such a way that they are able to fill it in with ink. Uh, so Rashi entices have a What exactly does the Gemara here mean by this? So Rashi's uh, suggestion is Rashi's explanation is that you would etch. Into the paper, the outline of their signature. Much like if a person goes to a a a a sefate, um, a sefatera, the sefer will make a lot of times towards the end of the sefate, will make an outline, and the people come, or um, with writing the ACS will just fill in the outline. So over here there wasn't an outline, but there was etched into the parchment an outline, and then the them would just come up to fill in the etching. Tysis argues with Rashi over here on the fourth line of Isalev, he says, Tearing doesn't sound like Rashi. According to Rashi, he should have said, Misartin. we etch into the paper. Mecharin means we tear the paper. So Thaisis explains that what it means is we would tear a stencil of paper with their names really, you know, uh, uh, blank, right? So that all they had to do was fill in the stencil, much like, you know, you know, I'm talking about people spray paint over letters, you just spray paint over the stencil and you have the letter, it looks like you, you know, made it perfectly. So over here, they would uh, color in the stencil, um, in order to help them sign their name. That's how Titus explains the Gemara. So you see from the Gemara that you can fill in a stencil in order for a person to have their, uh, you know, to, to write their name, and that would be a valid signature with regards to getting. It's only Evid, We wouldn't do this by other stars. Ideally, we should have witnesses who know how to read stars and know how to sign their name, but if they're unable to do so, it is acceptable to fill it in, in this fashion by making a stencil and by, filling, uh, by, by, by them filling in their name. So therefore, the suggestion was made so then let's write Sifritur in the same fashion. We'll have a stencil that, you know, is made out of this cloth, this silk, and we'll put the ink on the right side, and we'll push it across with a squeegee, and that will fill in the blank spaces in the stencil and create a safer tour, create a McGill in that fashion. That was the suggestion that was made. The other, paiskim all rejected that suggestion because it's not the same. It's not the same. Because Yushalmi tells us over here, myself this getting, commenting on that in and uh, says in with regards to the uh, writing of uh, get because of sefer the that you should write the sefer Krisos, you should write the get and place it in her hand of, says yishami v'loy hashoifech you have to write it and you cannot pour the ink if you pour the ink and out comes the letters of a get that's not considered to be a ksiva in order to be ksiva both regards to a get the pasuk also says in connection with the ksiva sefer Torah the pasuk in at the v'atek kisvu Let's assume for the moment that all of the laws of writing, or what's considered to be writing by a GED, should carry over to the sefer Torah as well. So, just like over here, the pasuk says, the v'loy hashoyfech." You have to write it; you cannot spill the ink. Uh, so, too, over here, you, can, you have to write it, and you cannot uh, spill the ink. What's wrong with spilling the ink? So, the Ritva over there, and that Gemara mishechlaski, look back at the Brax at the end of The, the Ritva uh, uh, explains further with enticers that it's only valid if you fill in. The stencil with a pen. That's Derek Siva. So, the ideal Derek Siva would be to write your own signature, but if you're not able to do so with a stencil, at least if you fill it in, it's Derek Siva. I'm filling it in with my pen. However, the Ritva says, If you're just going to pour the ink over the stencil, that's not considered to be Siva. That's not considered to be Siva. So, so, too, just like it's not considered to be Siva to pour the ink over the stencil. Um, by Ksiva skitin, it's not considered to be Ksiva with regards to Sefer Torah either to pour the ink over the stencil and to write the get in that fashion we find this notion of Derek Siva that it has to be Derek Siva as opposed to pouring the ink over the stencil and the letters are formed in that fashion we find a similar um, argument that we try to make to explain the Gemar Masech Gitin later on the Gemara tells the Masech Gitin, um, uh, this is commenting on another line there in the Yushalmi the Yushalmi back in Ois space says V'kosav you have to write the Sefer Krisis loy cake. You can't um, uh, 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 you can't uh, uh, sculpt it. You can't uh, you can't uh, carve it. But it says v'kasev v'loy ha'choykeg. Etch, yeah, yeah. So the Gemara comes to in l'sget v'kasev You have to write it. You cannot uh, etch it in, right? Or you cannot carve it. So the um, Gemara asks, really? But if you have a get where you etch in the letters into a tablet, that's considered to be a kasher get. So Gemara says it is a valid to etch the letters into a tablet. So how could, the, how could we, what does it mean, the So the Gemara distinguishes between chak toiches versus chak yireiches. Chak means if I uh, carve around the letters, such that the letters remain um, and all of the background is removed. So the letters are protruding, not because I created the letters, but because I removed the background. Um, And therefore the letters are recognizable. So that's not considered to be Ksiva in Hilchus Gitin, presumably in Hilchus Seyfeteri either. Chok teichos is not acceptable. Chok Yureichus, if I etch into um, the, uh, 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 or carve into the tablet, the letters, then that is acceptable. I I presume this is like kind of the difference between like sculpting. I'm not a sculptor, I've never formed a sculpture, but people I think who sculpt chip away at everything that's extraneous such that the image is formed as opposed to etching or or carving into something where you actually create the letters by carving it into a background. That's so. the opposite of Okay, exactly. So that's the difference between Chak and Chak If I remove everything that's extraneous such that the image remains, that's Chak that's not considered to be Ksiva. Chak Yereches, Yerech, in Russian, you know, like a thigh, I carve in the thighs, I carve in the limbs of the letter, and therefore the letter, you know, is visible. That is considered to be an acceptable Ksiva with regards to uh, hilchas Gittin. This is true not only with regards to hilchas Gittin, it's true with regards to hilchas Sefer Torah as well. The Gemara tells us over here in Sefer Sanhedrin, that initially the Torah was given not Bixav Ashuris that we know, our script, but p'ixav Ivris. That Bixav Ivris was abandoned and replaced with Bixav Ashuris. What is Bixav Ivris? So the Mari asked on the third line, My Bixav Ivris? Amrav Chizda Khsav Libunah. Khsav Libunah. What does Libunah mean? We're not familiar with that term. We don't find it elsewhere. So Titus quotes one ex- possible explanation is that it's white text. White text. Xav Libunah. How could you have white text? How is it going to be visible on a white cloth? So Titus explains that what it means is you filled in the rest of the cloth with DRE <coughs> such that the only pieces of the cloth that were remaining were the two of the OCRs. So Like you're having a phone. Some people change their phone from the white background to the uh, black background and the letters are white, uh, grayscale. Night. Night mode, so if the black, I think they say it's easier to read, with the back is black and the letters are white. So there were those that suggested, that was originally the way the Torah was given, was there was DI in the background and the letters were remained in white. That's what Ksav Libunah is. That was replaced with Ksav Ashuris. The background is white and the letters are black. Tyson says that that cannot be correct. That is not what Ksav Ibris was. Because if it would be, that's what it makes sense with the language, Ksav Libunah, the white script. But it cannot be correct because then no one would ever have written the words of the Torah that would be formed by, you know, by removing the background or by darkening the background such that I now can see the letters. But that's not forming the letters. And Tyson feels just like there's a psu of Chok Teichos, of cre- you know, creating the letters by removing the background with regards to writing of a get. The same is true with regards to a writing of a safer Torah. What then was Ksav Ivaris? What is Ksav libuna? Tyson says it was a place called libuna, and they had a unique form of script. Okay, so, but, but it was not this kind of black background with the white letters, that would have been absurd because of Chok Teiches. This applies, it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch and Tfilin, when a seifer is writing the letters of the sefer Torah, if a blot of ink drops, the joy is expensive, he doesn't want to waste it, so what he can do is carve the letter out of the, uh, uh, the blot of ink. He'll scrape away everything that's extraneous to the letter, and such so that the letter will be formed. So it says in Shulchan Aruch that that's possible. That's not a valid form of ksiva. It's cause of You would never know as a consumer, by the way, how the cipher created the letter. How would you know? So you have to have an honest cipher. You have to know. It's a big machleikas hapaiskim. Also, achreinim. Let's say as he's writing two letters, they are connected. So, you know, the ink drips, or aside from don't make these kinds of mistakes, Typically, have been really expert at their craft. But let's say it would drip from one letter to the next. So, how will we separate between the letters? By scraping. The, the, the you know the ink that's connecting the two that's again might be because of Elohei Chayke. He only created the letters by etching by scratching away you know extraneous ink. If the letters are formed, then ink comes on top of them. Okay, then the letter was formed previously. It's not because of Elohei Chayke, but if uh, if not, it's a problem. It's a bigger issue with regards to creating bottom on the and uh, Shin on the side of the show Roish. According to some Rishonim and Achrayim, has to be written in the same form, the same standard. They would find with regards to um, they would find with regards to uh, the writing of uh, text of the Torah itself. So it has to have those same the same halakha. So the kasav lehachayke would also apply it to the shin that's on the top of the tefillin. However, the Gemara here tells us that this extends not only to actually removing the background or carving the background and leaving the text protruding. The Gemara talks about how they created the text that was in the um, in the tzitz. In a plate that was worn by the kohen gadol on his forehead, look back at the gemara. Misak was given on the The gemara asks, "One minute, if a katz of is not considered to be ksavah, not by getting, not by say teira, how did they create the kodesh hashem that was engraved into the golden plate that was worn by the kohen gadol? Didn't they just etch away or scratch away the gold that was on the sides of the words kodesh hashem, and the words kodesh hashem protruded by itself?" The says, "No, that's not how they created the word kodesh hashem. If it would have been, that would be possible because of a katz of What did they do? They ha- they um, pushed." The letters through the back of the plate. So it was not Chaktoychus, it was chakurechas. They formed the letter by turning the plate around and pushing the kuf, pushing the dollar, pushing you know the the shin forward to create the letters. It was chakurechus, not chokhtoychas. So the gemara says, Well, what about the following situation? Let's say I have a mold and I push the play though, I push clay into the mold. So is that called forming the letters? Because am I pushing the clay forward into the letters of the mold, and that's called forming the letters, Hakireja? Or is that called pushing the background back and the letters remain protruding by themselves, because the mold pushes the background back, and it doesn't really affect the letters that are in the middle. The one is not sure. chakiro. Is that called forming the letters? Is that hakirejais? Is that Hais removing the background and the letters are protruding Mimelo? The Gemara concludes that that is possible. It's not considered to be a good form of siva, not by again, presumably, you know, it's safe for Torah, it's not going to be relevant because you need ink and parchment anyway. But if, uh, you know, with regards to the tzitzit, <coughs> either uh, pushing it forward into a mold would have been no good. That's considered to be chak, teichayz, chak and not chak yireiches. That's It's putting back to the background, not forming the letters proactively. So over here, with regards to the shin of the tefillin, the tefillin is made out of, uh, today is made out of uh, behemaskasis. So it's a uh, cowhide. Which is hard to manipulate. It's hard to work with. So in previous generations, they were used to use sometimes dacos. So the, the the leather was easier to work with, and you could uh, form or you know the letters. Um, directly on the skin itself. Now the skin is more tough and thick. So the easiest way to form the shin on the bottom would be to push, wh- wet the, the leather, make it a little malleable, and push it into a mold where the shin is formed perfectly. That would make a perfect shin. The problem is, that is Chok. The Gemara pa- pa- Paskins, if you push something into a mold, that's Chok teiches. That's not considered to be creating the letters. That's removing the background and the letters protrude by themselves. That, you know, that's too passive, and that's not considered to be a form of ksiva. So here, with regards to the shin of the tune, it's a problem. So I believe the Batemachers do push it into a mold. They... Paint the, what you know the where the shin should be. Push it back into the leather, and then try and scratch it out or pull out the shin directly. Again, a person who's buying and would have no idea. You see a perfect shin, you say, what well, could possibly be wrong? You don't know. If they took the shortcut, they pushed it into a mold. Then, <laughs> according to some, according to some, it might be kasha, According to others, it might be a problem because that same standard of seva that we have with regards to the cloth uh, should apply perhaps to the bottom as well. So it's a very difficult malacha. Uh, uh, it requires a skill, it a be, great be, skill, in order to make the shin. On film proper, is there yeah. a in the tone properly. That's the machikas. Is there a Dink Siva on the shin? So there are those that hold, we Rishine Machray right, Mahold there is a Dink Siva. So in which case you can't put it into a mold. So it becomes uh, everyone knows the batamachar is uh, you know is the most important piece of that production line, and the shin is the, is, the, uh, is the hardest the hardest part. Why is this no why is this not considered to be an acceptable form of ksab not by getting not by safe for terrorists? So the book explains in the here is heroizav that it's because. It has to be written in the form uh, or in the way of those who write. This is not considered to be writing. Writing is you form the letters, not remove the background and the letter remains by, you know, itself. It has to be that you're forming the letters. So, so over here, um, pouring the ink over a stencil and creating the letters in that fashion is not considered to be derek siva. It's the cosovoli has the ha has, and therefore it would be puzzle. So so too of it, right, with regards to the silk screening sifraiteri. There are those that argued it's not there, and therefore it's puzzle. Those who uh, you know were advocating on behalf of the silk screen sifra terra argued, no, that's because I wasn't actively engaged in the making of the letters. I poured ink over the stencil and it came by itself. Here they're pushing the ink onto the parchment with the squeegee. And they consider that to be more active in the formation of the letters than just pouring the ink over the stencil and letting the letters form by themselves. And others argue uh, even though you are actively pushing the ink down onto the stencil, it's still not derech siva. That's not the normal way of writing and therefore would not be acceptable. The, the Rambam might even go one step further. That even if you would consider this to be an active form of writing, it, might, it still might not be acceptable, neither for Gittin um, and nor for si, uh, Sifre Teirot. Zumar there discusses over here, Isaiah in the Testament Aleph. What else can we do to help this witness who doesn't know how to sign the document? So we said, make a stencil, let him fill in the stencil. Now there, that's Derek Siva, because he's filling it in by himself. He's not pouring the ink over the stencil. He's actually writing it in. Okay, so Matt, one can make the argument that that is Derek Siva, but the Gemara brings up another suggestion. Why don't you have someone else sign his name in red ink, and then he will go over it in black ink. That's a, he'll trace it. Exactly. He'll trace exactly what, what, what's beneath it. So the Gemara says, it will be black on top of black, where he's adding nothing. So then we understand that's not considered to be Ksava Gabi. Ksav is not considered to be Ksiva, but here he is adding something. He's darkening the, uh, the script that's below. So the Gemara discusses whether or not a person who did this on Shabbos would be Chayef. And the Gemara attempts to learn out from there, derive from there, what should be the status with regards to getting. So the Gemara says that a person who writes with red ink and then traces it with black ink on Shabbos would be Chayef. If it would be black ink on top of black ink, if he makes it bolder, then he, of course he increased it also. But if he didn't change it at all, it looks exactly the same as it did before. So on Shabbos you're not chayv. You didn't create anything. All malachas of Shabbos have to be creative. So, but if you did darken it, it was red ink before. And now it's black ink, you would be chayv on Shabbos. If it was red ink, it was uh, besikra, and then you went over with, um, with yo, you would be you would be chayv. So the Gemara says, what about with regards to getting? Well, if Yachayi and Shabbos is considered to be Kaisa and Shabbos, shouldn't it be considered to be Kaisa with regards to signing a get to? And the Gemara rejects that comparison. The Gemara says, <coughs> because we are medamen, we're going to, you know, act based on that? What does medamen here mean? <coughs> so Rashi has one shot, the Raman has another. Rashi's explanation is, medamen is milashon oimei, aleph, in Aramaic means it's a guess. It's an oymed. So Rashi says, because we're guessing that you're chayv on Shabbos, that's a chumrah. And therefore we're going to prohibit one from doing it on Shabbos. How, we can also extend that lakula with regards to Hilchus getting to allow an aid to sign in that fashion. Even on Shabbos we're not really sure. Says Rashi, We're guessing that you're chayv on Shabbos. You're not, we might, you might not actually be chayav, and Rashi therefore says if a person does this by accident on Shabbos, he would not bring a carbon in the base Hamikdash because since we're not sure, you don't bring a carbon mitaychasafek. You're not sure. Maybe yes, maybe no. If you're not chayev, then the carbon you're bringing will be chul bazara, so we can't do that. So Rashi says we wouldn't even ask you to bring a carbon in the Beis Hamikdash; it would be chul and bazara. So since we're not sure, we're going to be machmer on Shabbos. We can't be make on hilchas The Rambam though has a different explanation. The Rambam says a person who writes in this fashion, black ink on top of red ink, would be Chaiv on Shabbos would be chav, and you would, it sounds like from the Ram, you would actually bring a carbon in the base of Mikdash. Yet, the Rav is not considered to be ksav with regards to Hilchez Gittin. If you wrote with red, again, not lishma, not for the sake of divorce between this man and this woman, you cannot trace over it in black and now make it Lishmah. That's ksav agav, the first ksav, you know, you haven't added anything substantial and it's not considered to be chav with regards to Hilchez Gittin. Why? But you're chayv on Shabbos if you would do it in that fashion. So Rambam obviously feels what the Gemara meant to say was middamin because we are going to be Medame, Compare one thing to another. Meaning, it seems you know ostensibly, externally, that the two cases should be similar. Nasamaisa, we're going to actually put it into action because the two cases are not the same. They're not analogous. Why not? Why is Hilchos Gittin different than Hilchos um, you know, Shabbos? So Salvation in the Shiur of is Gittin explains that he thinks. Shabbos has, to, according to the Rambam, it's Parshav in the Rambam, according to the Rambam, in Hilchas Shabbos, Yechai for creating the letters. If the letters, you know, were in red, and you now wrote them in black, you created darker letters, but you created letters. Um, and therefore Yechai. In Hilchah's Gittin, you require more. It's a signature. It's a signature of the witnesses. There has to be something that's unique to you. If you just trace over someone else's signature, even though one is in red and one is in black, and you're darkening the letters, so you did create letters, signing a get is more than that. It requires a person to contribute something personal, something that's unique to you, a unique signature to you. And there's nothing personal, there's nothing that you added, it's that other guy's script, it's your name, but it's his script, it's his handwriting, and you're just tracing over his handwriting, it's not considered to be your signature, and the same is true not only in Hilchas Gittin, in Hilchas Sefer Torah as well. When a person is writing a Sefer Torah, the cipher has to have a unique signature. It has to be his unique handwriting, and every cipher, by the way, is different. Today, they're creating a database of cipherim. In Eretz Yisrael, this organization called Stamp, we should talk about it another time, fantastic. Creating a, a database of cipherim based on their handwriting, you'll be able, they have handwriting software, detection software, be able to pick out and tell you which cipher it is that wrote it based on their handwriting. So even though all looks the same, it's not. Every Sefer Torah, you No, know, looks to us like it's the same. There's unique, unique uh, Knei Shalach that every Sefer has in the writing. It's like no different than any other handwriting. So, the, when writing the Sefer Torah, also the Sefer has to have a unique handwriting and do something that's unique in order to create a Kasher Sefer Torah. And I think there's a great reason for that in the creation of a Sefer Torah, why he has to have something unique. It actually fits with the Sheet of the Rambam with regards to the Mitzvah of writing Sefer Torah. The Rambam writes that... Um, um, Mishnah Torah, the women are apart from the mitzvah of writing Sefer Torah. Because it's not a time bound mitzvah, why should women be exempt? So the Shagasari already Text the Rambam, why should women be exempt from the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah? It's not time bound. So obviously the opinion of the Rambam means it's somehow connected to Talmud Torah. Writing a Sefer Torah is somehow connected to Talmud Torah. Um, and therefore, since women are apart from the primary mitzvah of Talmud Torah, they're exempt from writing a Sefer Torah as well. The problem is. That the Rambam does not, you know, believe that the mitzvah writing a Sefer Torah is just owning svarim, like the Rosh said. You know, if it's to facilitate Talmud Torah, so as long as I have Sfarim, uh, you know, I fulfill the mitzvah of a Sefer Torah. He doesn't hold that it translates today into writing svarim. And according to the Rambam, you cannot fulfill the mitzvah by buying a Sefer Torah. According to Sam Rishonim, you can't fulfill the mitzvah by buying a Sefer Torah. According to the Rambam, you cannot fulfill the mitzvah by buying a Sefer Torah. If you inherit the Sefer Torah, the Gemara says it's not acceptable. And if you buy a Sefer Torah, the Rambam's it also is uh mitzvah in the shuk? The Gemara says, and the Rama feels like you bought someone else's mitzvah in the shuk. You don't fulfill the mitzvah in that uh, the, the b- by Pository. buying a sefer Torah. that's there. Uh, yeah, that's the so Russian's argument. Then, yeah, that's the so Rush's argument. Is tied ah, so the is tied directly to the sefer. So why can I buy one in the shuk? I have a sefer Torah from which to learn from. Mm-hmm. So it seems, it seems that the view of the Rambam is it is connected to Talmud Torah, but it's not just to have sperm from which to learn from. It's because every person has their ice. In learning Torah, everybody has their contribution to make, and therefore, huh? Uh, okay, whatever. another time, shlichis, shutfis, all these things are relevant, yeah. But of course, everybody has their unique oys, their unique contribution that they have to make to the Torah, and that's what the mitzvah of ksavah sefer Torah is about: is claiming your oys, claiming your chiddusha Torah, claiming your unique perspective. But, and therefore it's connected to Glimat Torah. but you have to do something unique, you have to write your own, you can't buy it in the Shuk. If that's the case, so then the Rav's word is tremendous, is that everybody has to have their unique signature. If you don't have your unique signature, you're just tracing someone else's signature that's not acceptable for Ksiva Sefer Torah. And the same would be true by making an outline uh, by filling in a stencil, um, even though, you know, by filling in a stencil, that might also not be acceptable either in Hilkha's in, not in Hilkha Sefer Torah either. When the Ramam quotes that suggestion the Gemara made, that, um, you, that uh, you can fill in a stencil with regards to Hilchas Gittin. So the Ramam said over here, that that is acceptable. If you have a witness who doesn't know how to sign his name, let him fill in a stencil. But the Ramam says that well, that's only acceptable in a case where the Chasimus Ha'edim is only Midderabonon. If you hand it over the get in front of witnesses, we also require you to sign the get, even though it's not necessarily required. Um, midrabanan were required to sign the get, but the signing of the get at that point, when it's handed over in front of witnesses, is only okay. midrabanan. So the Rambam says, when is it acceptable to have witnesses fill in a stencil? Only when the ksiva is Midrah, only when the chasimah sayidim is midrabanan. If it's midrabanan, then you can fill in a stencil. Otherwise, it's not acceptable for writing, for signing, you know, for witnesses' signatures either. There has to be something that's unique. There has to be something that's different about your signature, both in elchazkin and in with regards to elchasefer Torah. So coming back to the silkscreen Sefer Torah, they're gonna come out exactly the same every time based on the stencil. No one's offering anything unique over here. See, not a fulfillment of the the mitzvah, it might not even be a fulfillment of the mitzvah at all, because in order to be a ksiva, there has to be something that's unique to the cipher, to the person who's writing it, and over here, there's nothing that's unique to the person who's pressing on the squeegee um, over a stencil. But the most, you know, there is somewhat of a precedent for this discussion. There is somewhat of a precedent for this discussion, and maybe, as we'll see, it happens to be actually <clears throat> related to a Machlekes with regards to the printed Seferi Torah. You and I think that that's like, well, who would ever suggest that you could have a Seferi Torah that was printed? But at the dawn of the printing press in the 1500s, that was a huge Machlekes Hapaiskim if you can have a printing press produce a safer Torah. How would you have a print, the old printing presses, just, just to remember how they were made, all of us are old enough to have seen typewriters and the old printing press you know what it looks like, is that there were le- metal letters, there was ink spread over the metal letters, or arranged in blocks. You would take a piece of paper and would push it against the uh, metal blocks uh, um, of letters and they had, since they had inks you know, spread over them, it would go on to the paper. Can I create a Sefer Torah in that fashion by putting the metal blocks with the letters of the Sefer Torah and then coating it with the I, pushing the parchment on top of the deal, should that be a kosher Sefer Torah? Huh? It's not Chak, it's actually... It's, it's not, not You're, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a form of seva. So the Taz over here, Oisid says that is acceptable. Why should it not be a problem uh, uh, why, why, you know what, what should be the problem at all, and the Taz says, and don't tell me there's a difference between putting the letters on the paper versus putting the paper on the letters. Either way, it should consider <coughs> to be derek siva. That distinction that the Taz said, don't tell me that there's a difference between them, is exactly why many Achrayim in the Piskei disagreed with the Taz, and they held that a printed sefer Torah um, is not acceptable. Is because no, when you put the parchment on the on the on the letters that's on the printing press, that's not considered to be Derech Siva, versus if I push the uh, letters onto the uh, parchment, that is Derech Siva. But there are those that went even further and said, either way is not Derech Siva. Taking a, 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 you know, any kind of uh, uh, you know, letters that are placed into a block and coating them with ink and putting it on a piece of paper such that the whole thing is written at once is never considered to be Derech Siva, and that's why the printed Sefer Torah was not acceptable. But the Taz and many others, many others, followed in the footsteps of the Taz, and felt that the printed Sefer for terror, you know, there were obviously uh, practical considerations that had to be dealt with, but there were those that felt that fundamentally could be kosher. It seems to me that it boils down to a machlekas reshredim with regards to the tzitz, again, that appeared in last week's Parsha, reappear again in Parsha's Bikudai, because the Pusach says in connection with the tzitz, Vayichtu al- alav, you should write on it, the letters of Kedosh Hashem. So we mentioned already that you can't uh, carve it out of the front of the piece of gold. That would be Chok Toi not Chok because you're moving the back when the letters are made for shooting. So how was it formed? You turned it around and you poked the letters through the back. That's how the Ramlam says the letters of the tzitz were formed. They were pushed through the back. The right, uh, you know, each letter won by itself. The kuf, the Dao, the Shin. The rivet says, no, that, that's not how they made it. They had a uh, plate that had the letters Kedosh Hashem protruding from the plate, they softened the gold, and they pushed it into the plate all at once. I don't know why they would make such a uh, mold. How often did they have to make a new tzitz? But they would push it into the gold with a plate that was behind it. Exactly the way you would, you know, print, so the, the old printing presses used to work, was that there was a plate with the words, and you put parchment on top of the plate, or put the plate on top of the parchment. So the says, assumed that was considered to be an acceptable form of kziba for the Letters on the tzitz. The Rambam seems to have argued that, 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 that you know, it's, it's, it's certainly easier in the way that the Ravid is describing it. Why did the Rambam hold? You have to do each kuf the with the shin all by itself, presumably because the Rambam felt that's not considered to be derech siva, and will you not be acceptable with regards to the tit? So maybe this comparable? boils down to that machlik and stuff. We it's comparable. The tits were pushing through the back, even with the molder. The Rambam you did each letter one at a time. That's derek siva. No, but it's chakiraychas. You're pushing through the back. Correct. And otherwise, tzits be chaktoychas. So it has to be. Otherwise, be Here we're talking about chakiraychas. But can I put a plate and push all five letter, all, all, all two, you know, two words at once? Is that called derek siva at all or not? But if it's I the other side. It huh? sits you're pushing... Correct, them. but is that called writing? If I take a plate with five letters written on it and push it onto, onto a parchment or push it into a piece of gold and it forms letters, is that called writing? Is that called Derek Siva? We spit ink. Spit ink onto a paper. That's... Not not shefech, a paper. Also no not good. Not That's... No, no, no. I'm sure some talented guy will learn how to do that. Huh? <laughs> 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 so the apostle says with regards to the tits, but Yichtoeva love Miktov. By Yichtoeva love Miktov. The apostle compares to the tits. So the Gemara assumes the letters of the tits can't be called Toichos. The letters of the tits had to be called Yerechos because there's a din of Kshiva on the tits too. It's so like the The it, yeah. yeah. it seems to have also been. Sh- seems to also be this same discussion, though, comes up with regards to, again, a fascinating Gemara myself with humor. The Gemara tells us there were different families that had traditions about how to do things in a unique fashion based on interest. There was one family that knew the recipe of the K'tairas to make sure that the K'tairas always went up into one stack, and that secret died with them. They never passed it on to anybody else. But the Gemara explains why they never passed it on to anybody else. They were afraid they were going to co-opt it for what they desire. But there was other families that had other secrets, and they also, some you know, many of them didn't share them, Again, because they were afraid it would be be adopted by the Avdeyed by the However, there was one family, Ben Kamsar. That sounds so similar to Ben uh, 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 Kamsar, but I don't know. Yeah, but Ben Kamsar, who um, knew how to write uh, letters in a Sefer Torah in a unique fashion. They knew how to write all four letters at once. Um, And they would not teach anybody else how to do it. And that secret died with them, and the Gemara therefore says, and they had no reason not to pass it on. Why would you not pass it on? What are the idea of the Zara going to adapt our fashion of writing Sefer Torah? What, 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 what do they care? And therefore the Gemara says about them, the Pasuk, that their name should rot forever because their secret died with them. What's so special about writing all four letters of the Shema Hashem, of the name of HaKadosh uh, Baruch in the Sefer Torah all at once? So Tesis Yontif says on, the, on that uh, Mishnah, Meseltes Yuma, must be there was something special about this. It wasn't just a kunst. This wasn't an a acrobatic um, carnival trick. Wow, I could write four letters all at once. That was not, that was not what this but It was obviously a halachic preference to writing them all at once. What was the halachic preference? So the Taiziz suggests, well, maybe it's an inning of Yichur Hashem to write all the names at once. However, the Mechaskinoch suggests, and Taiz we leads you in this direction, is that there was a problem with Mechikas Hashem. Every time you write the Shem Hashem, let's say I write a Yud and a Hey. If I only intend to write a Yud and a hay and then I add a Vav, that's like Mechikas Hashem. Yud and a hay is a Sheim When I add the Vav, there is no shame Hashem. So it's like ri- erasing the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. See, when I intend to write the Yud hay and then the Vav and the hay, so I understand when I write the Yud and the hay, I don't endow with Kedush Hashem, because I plan to write a Vav and the hay afterwards. What if, so, but, the, but, but every time you write the Sheim Hashem, Yud, hay, Vav and hey, it looks a little bit like Mechikas Hashem. So it, it sounds like it, it's somewhat of a problem. So why not just switch the order? Write the vav in the hay first, then go back and write the Yud in the hay. So Mikhashinov says he can't do that. You can't do that because it's not in order. Normally, we generally assume that the halach of writing things in order, known as kisidron, applies to tefillah and mezuzah. Tefillah and mezuzah are a little bit different; they have to be written in order. You can't write it out of order. Say for Torah, Megillah don't have that same requirement. You can write them out of order. You can write one parasha and then go back and write an earlier parasha. So uh, we normally wouldn't have thought there's a halach of kisidron in the Sefer Torah at all. But maybe says Mechachin, you see from here a ride to what many Arperim state that with regards to the shame of a kodesh, in the Sefer Torah, there is a din of kisidron. You do have to write the in the Torah, has to be written in order. Yud, He, then Vav and He. Otherwise, we should have written Vav and He, then go back and write the Yud and He, because if you write it Yud, He, and then Vav, it looks like you're erasing the Yud and the He. So it says the Geval, the Gecha of this family, Ben Kamsar, was that they didn't get involved in this Shire at all, because they wrote all four letters at once. What a so they didn't get involved at all in the shaila of it looks a little bit like a Mechikas Hashem. But how were they able to do this? How did they write all four at once? So I would have said, that was the kunz. I don't know how they did it. That's exactly what I with them. The Marat says no. The Marat says over here, and he quotes like that from uh, the Masas binyamin Yamin, the early Achreinim, that no, all Bad kamsa had was they had a plate with a, and, uh they had a printing press, an earlier printing press, all the way back then, you Hey, Vav, and Hey, and they would stamp it on the Sefer Torah. And all four were written at once. Wow. Well, like, no uh, one could have come up what, with that. So they... that's what the Akhari mask on the Maritzchias. <laughs> no one else <laughs> can figure that out. The <laughs> argues it can't be that they wrote with four kumas because it, it, by definition there will be a space between the letters that will be too far and it won't be Kusher. So, so it can't be that they wrote with four It must be it was a plate. I would have argued, no, that's exactly the point. Is They figured out how to write with four kumlsen without the space separating. Yeah, so the Maher is... Huh? Oh, like Karpchay Moser was able to write two chubas at once. Okay. No, it has to be written with your right. A safe return has to be written with your right hand. You can't write with your left hand. It all has to be same hand. Four you have four people writing at the same time? Here. <laughs> that was the kunz. that was the kunst. So I would have said the kunz is not a plate. Anyway, some acharadim assume the kunz is the plate and therefore a plate is an acceptable form <laughs> of siva. I would have held <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not. <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, it's oh, we'll get to one second, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the final point, yeah. Anyway, the Mughan Avram assumes that if you printed, it, it would have been acceptable. The Mughan Avram is on the team of accepting the printed Torah. He's just concerned with Tefillin and Mezuzah because it won't be printed in order. Even though you're pressing the paper onto the plate with the letters that are on there, maybe some letters will be formed before the other ones. The yud, which say let's say shorter than you know some of the other letters, maybe will come before some of the letters that come after it. Uh, some of the letters that will come before some of the letters that precede it, and it will be written out of order. So this, the Magen is concerned that it won't be made Kisidron, But if it would all actually be so it would all actually be at once, it sounds like fundamentally the Magen Ram would have accepted these kind of printed Seferi torah, So he obviously holds it, is Derech The other Akratim who rejected it, held it was not Derech And it seems to me that that same Akhleikas with regards to the printed Seferi Torah she carry over today, is the same similar Akhleikas you have with regards so to the silkscreen? Is sheet just creating the plate was part of the of Ksiva, the no, I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Why? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You're not making anything. You're making the... Is this the process? Mm-hmm. Like? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah, so the main machlokes is, is considered to be Derek siva. There are two tangential issues though, which was just mentioned by Olin, by Rabarin, and that is that a sefer Torah has to be written l'shma. Not only does it have to be written Lishmah, every time you write a name in the uh, shame of a baruch Hu, you have to say go shame kedushas hashem. If you're gonna print it, you're gonna have a silk screen sefer Torah. It's all gonna happen when you push the squeegee from one end to the other, and so the name of a baruch Hu is actually gonna be written kisidron. Those who defended the practice said this is better than the printing press because the names of a baruch Hu, which in this even in the sefer Torah they're written kisidron, you're gonna push from right to left the ink with the squeegee. So you're going to end up writing the yud, hey, and then the vav and the hey. It'll be all of those shamos in the urea at once, but it will be kisidron. One line at a time, but- no, they did the whole urea at once. But then you have shame, the shame, the no, shame. but every shame starts on the right and it's ends on the, the left. Now, yeah. yeah. before, but... No, each name is written kasidra, not the ones right, that right. they're not written in order, but each yeah. name is written yud-heh, right. right. and right. hey, not vav right. 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 Hey not right. and then yud Yeah. So Tevinim Azuzah would be a problem. Right. They, yeah. so right. they weren't suggesting Tevinim Um But every time you write a shame it has to be written lishma. So the Torah says yeah, but you don't have to write each name necessarily but if you just said le at the beginning that covers everything you're going to do. And the, yeah, yeah yeah similar thing. And the proponents of this said this is better because when you say Kadusha Hashem before you push the squeegee, all of the names happen they did, but they all happened pretty you know, uh, soon, soon right after that. So that was one problem they made, you know, the people brought up, it. I don't think that necessarily uh, applies uh, to the uh, writing of the, the silkscreen Sefer Torah. Another problem they said was, well, every time a sefer writes a letter in the Sefer Torah, he's supposed to say it before he writes it. He's supposed to say it before he writes it. But uh, many hold that the only obligation for him to do that is because he'll make a mistake. So before he says uh, the word, he has to, he has, before he writes the word, he has to say it. Over here, we're not concerned the guy's going to make a mistake. It's com- coming from a stencil. So then, you know, th- that same concern might necessarily exist. A bigger problem was, uh, that's mentioned over here by the Gemara Mesethus Megillah, and that is when a Sefer writes a Sefer Torah, writes a to Megillah, he has to be copying from another Ksav. You have to be copying from an existing Ksav. We don't require it by Tefillin and mezuzahs because everyone knows the text of the Tefillin and Mitzudas. when it comes to a Sefer Torah, comes to a Megillah, you do have to copy from another. Except. The Gemara says it's really not acceptable if you didn't. But the Gemara does talk about that Beshas Sad Chak Remeir didn't have a Megillah and he didn't have he could write his own. Of course, Remeir could write his own Megillah, but he wasn't copying from another existing Megillah. So the Gemara says he wrote one Megillah that was not acceptable, but it was acceptable to serve as a copy from which he could copy. You know, the uh, 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 original from which he could copy the second one. But it sounds like from the court. it's a very big important Indian to be copying one safer from the other safer. You're not supposed to one McGill from another McGill. You're not allowed to write it um, without copying from an existing is text. a stencil count in that way? Uh, so Raj Ra- 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 Ra says over here, the only reason why you have to copy from an existing test is lest you make a mistake. So it's uh, filling and as everybody knows the text. We're not afraid you're going to make a mistake. Uh, Romero, we weren't afraid it was going to make a mistake either, but it was kind of a loy plug. We didn't allow Romero to write a McGillow because if we're going to allow Romero to write a that everyone's going to write McGills and everyone's going to make a mistake. So across the board, we said you have to copy from an existing text, even if you are familiar with the text, you know, otherwise, lest you come to make a mistake. So the proponents of this uh, technology argued, well, the silk screening, term McGillows, you can't possibly make a mistake. Right, you have the guardrails around you, you have the, you know, the, 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 you're copying from a stencil. So what mistake could possibly creep in over here? However, the Orzeruah has a different shot over here. The Orzeruah says that you know, the reason why you have to copy the Sefer Torah and the Megillah from an existing Sav, from an existing text, is because Halacha, we know by Tershe Vichsav, Tershe Vichsav has to be um, transmitted, Vichsav. Tershe Baal is supposed to be transmitted, by Peh, the Pesach says, in uh in this coming week's parha. Ki Apihadvarma Sh Karatit Kha Bris Via S Israel, Khajrahu created a bris with Kali Israel, A Pihvarma that the shabal Shab have to remain Baalpeh, the Dvarm Shabhsav have to remain Bihsav. Um and therefore, you know, you're not allowed to switch the method of transmission. This is Dvarmshabsav, this is a safer term, this is a Megillah. it has to be transmitted from one generation to the next. Bhaksav. How do you do that? Not only by teaching it from a Ksav, but one ksav has to be produced from another Ksav. It can't be produced if it's, you know, uh, uh, if it's unconnected. It has to be one ksaf to the other ksaf. So, so to over here, it would have to be one ksaf to another ksav. There's another reason, the problem they brought up with the silk screenings of Torah. To me, it seems that's a highly significant halakha, particularly to this circumstance, is that one ksaf has to stem from the other ksaf. Even though we mentioned every person, when he writes the to Sefer Torah, has to have their unique handwriting, their unique ksav, their unique ois and Torah. That's all great. As long as it fits, you recognize you're part of the Messiah. You're one link in a longer chain. So I have my unique sand writing, my unique Safer Terror that I'm writing, but I have to copy it from another existing Safer Terror. I have to recognize, even though I have my unique script, I'm really just building and standing on the shoulders of giants. And particularly when it comes to writing Sifre Torah, particularly when it comes to writing Megillah, uh, which is, uh, you know, the preservation of Torah from one generation to the next. We have to make sure that we're copying and doing it in the traditional way. Silk screening Sifre Torah is a fascinating discussion for Shia Sunday morning. which We should, one should not purchase a Megillah, however cheap it is, uh, you know, to use on, on Purim, and should not purchase these kinds of Sifre Torah. Either was never, was not accepted. Okay. Okay.